The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. From the smallest cellular structure to the broadest life experiences, every thought, every belief, and every action has the power to transform every aspect of our lives because reality at its core is made manifest through consciousness and its direct connection to the quantum field. It's time to remove the self-imposed boundaries created by your reality and discover practical, everyday tools to transform your life. Now, here is your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. Welcome to Quantum Connection Radio Show. I'm your host, Marina Rose, QDNA, and I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. Do we have a show for you today? It's fabulous. And you have now entered the quantum field of quantum connection, the intracellular holographic matrix where we make the impossible possible, utilizing QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, which combines the cutting-edge science in epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, and quantum field theory to assist you to achieve quantum growth in your health, in your life, and your business. During this show, we explore health, science, and spirit to accelerate your path to extraordinary living with some of the world's most influential fabulous thought leaders sharing their their insights on how to optimize your health and well-being. Today, our topic is punk science inside the mind of God while putting the heart and soul back into science. And our guest is the delightfully exciting, funny, brilliant, fabulous, innovative, creative, progressive, out-of-the-box, scientific, and spiritual thinker, Dr. Manjir Samantha Lawton. Dr. Manjir, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be on my show, and I'd like to tell the audience a little bit about you, and you are compassionate, full of heart, soul, funk, spunk, and a little punk, which I absolutely love, and it's so fabulous and refreshing. You are a former medical practitioner and holistic doctor at the Bristol Cancer Help Center. You also have a diploma in bioenergy. You've spent over a decade connecting science, consciousness, and spirituality. You've become a leading light in the field of linking cutting-edge science and spirituality. You are best known for your pioneering, groundbreaking theory, the black hole principle, and you've made many predictions in astrophysics and also forged a new path of unification in science. You are an award-winning keynote international speaker, the author of two fabulous best-selling books, Punk Science and The Genius Group, which have been translated into several languages. In recognition of your work, you joined 
a prestigious group of scientists and philosophers for a meeting in Japan where you probed and examined the underlying assumptions behind science. This group has become the influential Science Evolved group. You were the co-producer and presenter of the TV show called The Hidden Science for the People's Voice Television in London. You are now a successful information entrepreneur. Your company, Paradigm Revolution Publishing, is releasing groundbreaking ideas through online events and courses. Your movie, The Punk Science Movie, is currently in post-production, is scheduled to release in 2016. And for anyone that wants to see Dr. Mangia Samanta, please visit her website at, at paradigmrevolution.com and punk, punkscienceMovie.com. However, before we get started, Dr. Mangier, can you share something with our audience that's not in your book or that you haven't disclosed in one of your keynote presentations? Oh, wow, that's quite an opening. <laughs> I know, but that's who you are. You're like the goddess, girl. <laughs> Let's get going. Oh, gosh, what I've been working on. Oh, God, there's, there's so much. Um, uh, I mean, one thing that's been in the headlines um, recently is uh, about Mars, um, the water that was found on Mars. And we've known there's water on Mars for a long time, but um, part of the black hole principle is the prediction that um, water comes out of black holes. I know it sounds crazy to people, but I assure you that it does. So uh, one of the things that I predicted is that you should be able to find water at all levels of the cosmos. And the recent findings are that, you um, you know, when, when they actually found the water on Mars, it's constantly been renewed. It's, um, it's not just there from the past, it's current. And that's something that I predicted, and I recently um, presented that at a conference in Bulgaria, in fact. Um, so that's something that is uh, a new little fact that um, is, uh, you know, as NASA are making the announcements, you know, I can say that I predicted that would happen, and that's just one of the effects of the black hole principle. I love it. I love it. And then it was funny because I was on your Facebook page and you're going, I've just done this presentation. It was the most coherent one. <laughs> and I loved that because you're so sweet and honest like that. Because your material is, to the masses, it's a little out there, but it makes total sense to me and a lot of other people. It, it got a lot of... Uh great reception and it also had you know because i mean you're gonna if you're gonna, gonna go out there and say you're a punk scientist you're gonna um ruffle a lot of feathers but i just make sure that everything that i do as far as i know is completely scientifically rigorous and i spend a lot of time doing that so it's one hand to um stir things up but it's another thing to make sure that everything is coherent um so you know i got i got some you know sort of queries from certain sectors a lot of great feedback but one or two people and i met that head on at that conference and um it was a it was a gathering of amazing scientists from around the world including nobelists and professors from all over the world talking about the science of water so um yeah they were a bit sort of like what do you, how do you like water and black holes but at the end of it everyone was like okay we get it <laughs> you know? it, it makes sense it's it fantastic it was it was an amazing experience yeah well, well good for you that is 
awesome. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I invited you as my guest because I feel that you are such a heart-centered, innovative, progressive doctor and researcher, and you think outside of the box. And I love that you're a spiritual thinker. I have incredible, immense respect for you for everything that you've gone through, and I have incredible, immense respect for you for your brilliant theories, and you just put them out there. As you said, you know, the punk scientist just getting out there, it's almost like you're stirring the cauldron, but you have that vigorous science to support you. Can you give our listeners a little bit of background of your double life that you led before you came out, because I think they need to know a little bit about you. Yeah, that that really started at birth because I was actually uh, the second daughter of two doctors. Um, so two doctors who were originally they qualified in India and um, they came over to, um, they were on the way to the USA. Um, but as I was born in the UK, they decided to stay. I was born a year after they settled here. So really, the whole expectation is a lot of um, sort of Bengali background people, as I am, um, is that you're going to go into a scientific career, preferably medicine. And so that's what I did. And um, I, within the first week or so of me being at medical school in London, um, I ended up having a spiritual awakening. And so I went through the whole of med school with this double life, this sort of um, burgeoning awakening, this energy that was soaring through me, this knowing that the universe was one, that, you know, and this sudden, I mean, I was always interested in physics, but, um, you know, suddenly I saw the connections um, between, you know, these new theories about faster than light and, and subtle energies. And I was like, hang on a minute, if you put these things together... Um, what could you do for our understanding of medicine, which was, you know, um, my priority at that time, but it, it went a lot further. So, yeah, I mean, it, and then I trained as a um, biology therapist whilst doing my pediatric senior house jobs. So, and I, as a result, I worked all millennium, you know, uh, in order to make sure that my um, my on-call duties fitted around my uh, healing training. And uh, so I, I did, I lived this double life, and then I became a GP and a GP um, trainee, uh, a trainee and then a GP. And what, the whole time I was doing that, I was like, you know, running home to see clients and, uh, you know, going into the dimensions and then going back to work again. And, you know, it, I said nothing about it uh, at work. So, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a double life. And then what happened with your husband? And I was listening to one of your interviews and just devastation. What happened there? Yeah, I mean, somebody said to me at the time, if because uh, I, I was the preferable 28, which is the Saturn return. I'd never heard of it. But mm-hmm. somebody said to me at the time, which is really helpful, um, if you are going to be called to do something out of the box and to do something really, you know, big, you will have a big Saturn return. And uh, for people who don't know what that is, and I barely know what that is because I don't know astrology very well, but um, the planet Saturn comes into the same position as when you were born around the time of your 28th birthday. And um, it tends to bring sort of quite um, whatever lessons you need to, to, to get. And for me, and I've noticed other people who do things differently, who do things out of the box, um, they tend to have a difficult time around that year. And I definitely did. I, I had a marriage breakdown. Um, and not only did my marriage breakdown, my husband, who is also a doctor, 
and I said my parents are also doctors, they basically, my husband said to my parents that um, my spirituality was a psychiatric condition, and I therefore went through um, a ton of tests with the um, with the medical council of this country, as they were trying to figure out what was going on, why I was getting these accusations, and for me, it was, um, it was a spiritual test. It was difficult, obviously, um, and it was a spiritual test, and eventually... Slowly, slowly, I got it. That was meant to leave the medical profession. I was meant to be free. Um, difficult, though, that was, uh, financially, obviously, and, and psychologically. Um, but I was meant to get out of it and go on a new path. And I really haven't looked back. It, it, of course, it's been hard, but I know that this is what I was meant to do. And I'm so happy that you're doing it. Yeah, the Saturn return, if you're not on your path, you get slapped down, smacked sideways everywhere. But if you're on your mission, that Saturn return just feeds you. So that's what that's about. So awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, you know, incredible kudos to you. You know, I have um, a client who was a doctor and she was in her mid-60s and she was a nervous wreck about telling her uncle and her family that she was giving up being a doctor and she the incredible freedom that she got. And I see this huge paradigm shift with doctors and attorneys right now consistently. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So thank you. Let's have a little chit-chat about the exciting time as ancient knowledge and the emerging science are marrying and gaining ground. Tell our audience about the accelerated disruption and changes that are happening with this transition from the reductionist science of Newtonian physics, where everything is separate and disconnected, to the quantum science of Einsteinian physics, which places consciousness at the heart of the universe and is open to multi-dimensions. Tell our audience about what is being witnessed and felt everywhere in our economy, from the educational systems, from religion to healthcare and science, as we move through, you know, going into this new reality. Yeah, I think this is really important that people keep um, the big picture. And as I'm speaking, you know, the uh, the current UK government are just about to vote about war. And um, it's really hard to sort of sometimes keep a big picture and, and see that this is part of a bigger pattern. But I really believe that this is, um, you know, even, even situations like this is a part of the waking up because, you know, we've gone... Um, I, I really do think if we go even further back, um, we've come from a time of, you could say, unity, oneness, and where um, people were aware of different dimensions a lot more easily. Um, I did, uh, I, I'm starting to talk about something called the accordion principle, um, where just as an accordion with the bellows come together and go apart, I think that the dimensions, um, the different planes of existence, uh, different planes of consciousness actually come together and go apart, come together and go apart. And as they come together, that's in the past, um, that's when people reported more feelings of unity. They understood a hell, a, an awful lot about science and even black holes. The ancients understood this. And then it's it's like our human journey is so apart from that and 
have this sense of separation. And um, so, you know, it's basically just a sine wave. So mm-hmm. as we go through time, you know, we have this sense of separation. Very few people can, um, not as many people can see the dimensions and are aware of beings in different um, different frequencies. Some people are. Some people are aware of this at this time. And um, so you have that sense of separation, and that's reflected in our science. And as we're going back again, because it's a wave and it's a cycle, um, we're starting to get people who, um, you know, I had a friend who ran a, a, a crystal shop. In, and it was in a, a, a commuter town close to London, and people would just empty out of um, out of the train, having worked in London, and go by her shop, which is really near to the station. And there would be people in business suits and things, and they would come in and then say, "You know what? I, I think I can talk to you. I can't talk to anyone else, but oh, there are blue beings appearing in my bedroom." Mm. And so they would confide that, you know, they couldn't talk to anyone else. And this is happening in all sorts of sectors of society where, once again, we are becoming aware of the different dimensions of consciousness. We're becoming aware of unity. I think that it's really badly studied, but I think um, the, uh, the stats that I have found is about 30% of people have had a unity sort of experience. Maybe not a full Kundalini, but they've had something maybe in nature where they've had that sense of unity. So I think that's what we're going back to. And before we get there, the polarities will come out for everybody to see. And the the lies will be exposed. And this is part of the process. So if people can see this in the big picture, that the, the, the darkness is coming to light at the moment, you know, and that's, you know, where why things look so bad right now and on the world stage and things. So, you know, the lies have been exposed. I mean, compared to 30 years ago, people don't believe their politicians and things as much as they did, you know, and obviously going further back as well. But, you know, I've seen this big, big change. So um, that's all part of it as well. And, you know, a, a few, just a few years ago, five or ten years ago, you would not find physicists talking about consciousness being fundamental to reality. And you're now getting mainstream um, uh, physicists like Max Tegmark who are actually talking about this. You know, is consciousness a form of matter? So you're seeing this shift from, you know, um, into non-locality, into unity, and all of the amazing things that quantum physics and and string theory and and, um, and consciousness science are bringing. So we're going. We're it's a rediscovery through the very methods of experiment and and rational uh, reasoning that we've used for the last 300 years, we're coming right back to what the ancients knew. And it's, it's just a really exciting time. It is a very exciting time. I mean, for me as a child, I was telling you know someone in an interview, when they were interviewing me, I remember being in my mother's womb and having to take care of her so she could take care of me. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling her fear. Okay, oh, you know what? I have to just take care of her so she can take care of me. And it was very profound. And then that's the way I've led my life. I was at the Santa Cruz Islands just the other day over the weekend on a beautiful boat. And, you know, I was looking at the cliffs and I was like, oh, my God. I just saw all the sacrifices and people just being thrown you know, down the cliffs. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to share that with anyone, but I'm sharing it with you. 
And I'm sharing it, I guess, with everyone out there in the world, but I just didn't share it with the people on the boat. <laughs> um, so, yes, it is a wonderful, exciting time because of all the new, well, the ancient information that is slowly going into the science world, which is wonderful. And we talked, you talked about, you know, like in the beginning, there was no separation between science, medicine, philosophy, and mysticism. Then there was the division and science emerged, you know, as a separate discipline. And it was concerned really with the physical and the tangible. And it ignored matters of the heart and the soul and the mind. And, you know, science has become the way to justify everything in the world. And especially when you want to sell something, this is something that you said. And now we see science as a way of finding the truth about our universe instead of relying on the opinions of the fallible human beings. To me, that is so science fiction that we humans are totally fallible. What do you think about that? Oh, gosh, I mean, the human instrument is the one that is, is ignored, but that that's kind of also why it's so delicious that um, through, the, um, through the experimentation, um, through things like the double-slit experiment um, where, you know, suddenly we came all the way down around again to, okay, our reality is not as simple as we thought. That is even more delicious than it's mm-hmm. <laughs> through the actual experiments themselves. And um, experiments like that have been repeated and repeated, and we still get the same sort of weird quantum effects that show there's an interaction between our participation in the universe and the experiment itself and um so that really is you know is great that okay even leaving out the human instrument uh, we still come back to the beginning again and we can't ignore consciousness and by trying to ignore it and coming right back to it even though you're trying to ignore it that's even more powerful so um, yeah i mean it's about time we started to recognize the human instrument and you know gosh i mean you you're obviously very very um you know multidimensionally aware and um you know secretly people like the police are using you know people who are multidimensionally aware and we're already doing this in in what we would call quite you know orthodox society it's just nobody's talking about it so um yeah there's a lack of acceptance still mm-hmm. uh, but you know so we, the fact that we have come through back to talking about consciousness, gone all the way away from it, it it's just, it, you know, that that's really nice. It's really um, a full circle for me. Yeah. yeah. So there's great information from some of our most incredible paradigm-shifting game changers like Einstein, Tesla, for example, that studied the Vedas. And they've been downloaded that information from what I call the intracellular holographic science or uh, matrix or what science calls the field. Now, this information can be from this lifetime. It can be from the universe, parallel lives, multiverses. We can all tap into that information holographically. This is what happened to you. It's happened to me and many other people. Why do you think people are so scared of this? That's number one. Number two, is this where you got your brilliant theory of the black hole principle? <laughs> um, um, absolutely. I think, you know, the second book that I've written, The Genius Groove, um, because, uh, you know, everybody was sort of, suddenly calling me a genius, having, you know, been through all this life where it's like, 
you'll never make it as a surgeon. You'll never make it. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, someone who had to sort of really put a lot of work in in order to... Um, uh, to to get to med school and everything, and you know, so it, it was all about uh, the mechanism of how that happened. And I'm not the only one who who talks about this, you know. So um, the idea that we've got this, uh, you know, holographic field, as you're saying, and that's really the true origins of uh, of thoughts, even beyond. But you know, from a quantum phys- physics perspective, um, that that's where we can say this is wrong. And did the black hole principle come from that? I, you know, try the the experience of getting the black hole principle was, I was for people who don't know, is um, I was out in the woods with my dog, and um, I decided to sit on the branch of an oak tree, and um, for some reason just sort of tune in to the rotation of the planet. I, years before, I'd seen a clip of Brian Swim talking about this. We never tune into the rotation of the planet. And so I just thought, oh, I'll tune into it like you do. And um, when I did that, I was suddenly in the universal workings themselves. Now, I think, and I know you probably understand this, and maybe some people listening as well, I think it had something to do with the oak tree itself because um, if you're, you know, tuned into trees as I am, you know, you do hear the voices, you see the spirits, you see the trees are incredibly wise. And mm-hmm. I think the other thing they do is they know quite a lot about how gravity works. So whether or not they gave me this revelation or it was just a revelation straight from or somehow facilitated, I don't know. But um, suddenly I kind of was in the universe and I've seen some people try and describe what it is to not see something or hear something or but just be in the consciousness itself and it's actually really hard to describe this because we're used to our senses being the modality but when your mind and the universal mind are sort of united for a bit and um, yes there's things that you could so say that you could see as it were but it, it it isn't a kind of visual, and so I call it a vision, but really it wasn't a vision. It was a kind of being in it, mm. and through being in it, I suddenly understood all of the data and astrophysics and everything that I'd been studying, and it all clicked. And I literally saw the black hole principle. I I knew it, um, how it unfolded, and I knew that everything we've been told about black holes that black holes are guzzling monsters and everything I could see the um that actually particles were coming out of the black holes I was just I was in it I could I could sense it I knew it and it was almost like um having tons and tons of books downloaded to me and I I don't know how long that experience was but it was probably just a fraction of a second Mm -hmm. and um it was so powerful that I've been able to talk about it since I've been able to, to, you know, stand up against mathematicians, cosmologists, you know, people like that, and and talk with them because it, the, the universe, like, because it's actually so simple, you know, because um, the the way the universe works is actually so simple and such a simple principle that I can make these predictions because once you get the simple pattern you know what to what to look for and you know what to predict. 
And um, so you, if you don't know what's going on, that's when people hide things in a lot of fancy terms. Um, <laughs> 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 I love that. Yes. Um, do you think they hide behind their little labs <laughs> and avoid? <laughs> Totally, totally. I, I'll never forget, honestly, I was sat in a, um, a medical meeting and I'd been looking after this woman for quite a long time, six months, while her um, her house was sorted out because her feet had been amputated. Oh, wow. And so I went to the medical meeting because it was a big case to have this, you know, strange sort of, you know, vascular thing that had happened to her feet. And she was the most lovely woman. And um, so... They were sort of debating and debating, and, and my consultant, my boss, was talking, and she was going on and on about these minute molecules that they could find, and da da da, all these very, very specialist tests. And then the hematologist kind of went, Well, did you check the, you know, the INR or something quite simple? <laughs> and suddenly she sort of stopped, and it was like, Oh, and mm-hmm. she'd forgotten to check something quite simple. And right. they're getting into this very, very intricate debate, very fancy terms, and yet there's something that was glaring them in the face they they neglected. And um, so it was like, well, you know, I, I don't know if this woman, I wasn't there, but if she needed it or not. But the fact that they're debating this six months later and hiding, you know, going on, and it was like a real lesson to me, you know, just keep things simple, keep it. Mm-hmm. And I have to do that. I mean, the universe is simple. And, you know, whenever you hear somebody trying to make it more complicated than it is, and also there's a difference between what the universe is doing and what scientists believe and tell you that it's doing. And what I've been finding from my, you know, sort of 15 years now of dealing with astrophysics and looking at astrophysics is that um, we're sending loads of telescopes out there. Um, the model of the universe they currently have is not really how the universe is. So when they go out there, they're finding things that they don't expect. And they go, oh, Right, a good example is why are black holes so bright? Because before we looked at black holes, we weren't expecting them to be so bright. So um, they kind of find it, and then they go, right, okay, we've got a lot of stuff coming out of black holes. doesn't fit the theory, So, but that's the observation. So because it doesn't fit, the, the observations don't fit the theory, they kind of go, what if black holes eat lots of stuff because they can't let go of that idea. Right. And uh, they kind of, as they're eating lots of stuff, um, it kind of gets heated up and then it gives, gets given out of radiation at the edge of a black hole. Why that would do that doesn't make any sense, even from their own theories. But they don't, they're so attached to the theories they don't want to move on. So if you talk to um, an orthodox scientist, they will tell you that's why black holes are so bright. Right, um, right. You know, so, but that that is what the scientists are telling you. And they tell you there was a big bang. They tell you that this is how the cosmos evolved. It isn't necessarily what really happened. The universe and science are two different things. Correct. And Correct. what we need to do is to realize that and also to, if the observations are that far off, the theory then we need better theories. And, you know, when you have something that can make prediction after prediction after prediction, 
you know, look at that. <laughs> because right. <laughs> it is what you said about simplicity and that they like to convolute things and hide behind their convolutions. You know, I worked on a geneticist and, um, you know, it totally healed him, right? And I said, the next time I saw him, how do you feel? He goes, well, I feel good. I said, well, great. Do you think you feel healed? He can walk, he can talk, he can do all of this. He goes, well, I have to, you know, hook it up to the machine to, you know, he couldn't access his own body and honor his body healing. He had to figure it out mechanically before he could give me an answer. And I said, oh, really? We're done with this conversation. You know, and and that's how I talked to him. I said, we're done with this conversation. This is absolute stupidity. And he was, he loved that that energy of like, really, you need your little machinery and, you know, figuring it out. And I, you know, because I'm going back to the woman that had the feet that amputated, then I'm going back to what you said about keeping it simple, once you tap in, and I want to go into, you merged, you became one. So, you know, you unified, became one, and got all that downloaded material because it was the right time, the right place, and then boom, as you said, you've gone from antimatter to matter to the light unification, and you were able to bring all that information in, and now you can predict it cleanly. And I don't know why, you know, people have a hard time with that, <laughs> right? The other thing I read in your book that I loved, and I just want to say this, is because you didn't bring it up here, and I, it's a perfect place to put it up or put it in, is um, the the physicists and the scientists, you know, they're so, like, stuck with their thought process, and then they'll do the maths according to their process, um, you know, to try and prove it that way. So they just fudge all the maths. That's so. Good. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, even, um, you know, Feynman, Richard Feynman, famous physicist, you know, when you look and you think, oh, my goodness, there's, there's so many fudge factors. And, um, for example, when they when they discovered the, one of the things I talk about a lot are the electrons coming out of, um, coming out of black holes. When yes. they first found the, the electrons, it was 25% faster than light, according to their measurements, um, according to their calculations and measurements. And um, then they didn't believe that that was happening, so they've ended up saying it's nine, they're 95% of the speed of light. It, it just happens everywhere. When something really doesn't fit um, with their preconceived ideas, they fudge it. I know, I love it. But you busted them on it, and I love it. <laughs> and that's why I thought it was just so perfect to slip in there right now. So great. Um, now, let's talk about this. So we talk – hang on a moment. So let's talk about the 97%, 97% of our universe is a mystery to science, and that's why it's called dark matter, dark energy. And in actuality, it is that bright light that we talked about, and the brightest of all objects are in the black hole. Let's have a little discussion about the black holes being the agents of creation, which is your principle, because I agree with you 100%, and it makes sense, okay? It makes total sense, and I want you to explain it to our audience in, you know, and bring in the chakras and bring in the whole body system, because I think that's wonderful how you did that in the book. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. It's good to hear it back as well. Well, 
Um, you know, essentially, um, as I said before in this interview, what I realized in that moment is that um, black holes are not the great guzzlers. Um, they're actually the creator points of the universe. And this is based on some of the data that I was looking at. And, um, you know, even before this vision, um, I saw that um, electrons are being emitted from uh, black holes at almost the speed of light. You also have antimatter being emitted. And you also have gamma rays, which is kind of, it's the form of light when matter and antimatter come together. Um, it forms gamma rays. So what I saw in that moment was actually light is infinite. And it's um, in the center of the black hole is what is known as the singularity. Well, you still have that singularity, um, but instead of it sucking everything in, it's actually giving out. And so the light comes from that infinity point, and it spirals through the dimensions. It gets to the edge of our reality, which is what we call the speed of light. Now, that's not really the speed limit of the universe. It's the speed limit of the perceptions of this dimension. So um, it's, it's so I call it the perception horizon. That's so the right. light gets to the edge. Now, everything beyond that perception horizon, that's the 97% of the universe, more, more than 97% that we call dark energy and dark matter that we think is missing. All it is is beyond our normal perception. And mystics have been seeing this for ages beyond this normal perception. They call it um, super light. Uh, you, you can call it super light, but they see that bright light of enlightenment. So that's where this light is coming from. So it comes from this infinite light. It spirals through the dimensions, gets to the edge of our reality. And when it does that, it splits into the electron and the positron, or, you know, a matter and antimatter, depending on what level you're talking about, we'll, we'll keep it simple and say the electron, which is matter, and the positron, which is antimatter. So the light splits into two. And um, that electron is what we see coming out of black holes at 95% the speed of light. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, um, because it's only just slowed down to our dimension. Right. Uh, so we see it whizzing out of nowhere. Nobody can understand wh what it's doing. And I think that this is what's causing the X-ray jets that are coming out of black holes, the fast-moving electrons. Right. Uh, right. Or else it's just coming straight from black holes. But, you know, it, it, we do see electrons coming out um, in their own right. And we also see antimatter. If, if anybody wants to Google antimatter fountain Milky Way, they will see that antimatter has been seen spewing out of the Milky Way. Love so, um, you know, th this is based on real astrophysics. The astrophysics data that does not fit the old theories, that absolutely fits these theories. And I didn't stop there. Um, I realized that this is a breathing process. And the breathing goes so that um, the uh, matter and antimatter also unite again and what happens when they unite? Gamma ray bursts are produced. And that's why we see gamma ray bursts all over the sky. And um, we've been seeing this for the over 50 years now. People don't understand where it's coming from, why they're so bright. We even see them in the Earth's upper atmosphere, um, you know, in thunderstorms, which I'll, you know, may go into. And the same process, the same breathing of creation, this way and that way, is happening at every single level of reality, from the atom to our chakras to planets to stars to, you know, it's going all the way down. And so, 
you know, a lot of the examples of this are given in my, in my book about, you know, from quarks to, and, um, you know, even if people were to go onto YouTube and look up the water conference that I've just um, presented at, that, that also goes into some of the examples um, from a scientific perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a simple process um, that goes at every single level. And once you get that process... And, um, you know, the proofs and everything that some of them are, are given in my book, the evidence for this, breathing clouds of gas at the centre of the Milky Way, for example, um, you know, to, to show that the universe is indeed breathing. Um, so once you get this simple process and the evidence for it, you can start to make predictions. So um, right. that's right. Indeed what I've been doing. Great. Dr. Manju, we've completely run out of time. I love your punk. I love our punk science. Love Black Hole Love Fest today. Loved having you on the show. I am going to definitely bring you back on. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the Quantum Connection show. You're such a wonderful, incredible gift to me in the universe and all of her people. I love, adore your passion, heart and soul, spunk and punk and funk, you know, and the depth of the care that you have for humanity thank you for writing your books thank you for your incredible pioneering breakthroughs and theories and i'm just thrilled to have our show documented in our treasured archives for our future listeners thank you so much oh thank you so much for having me on the show thank you you're very welcome thank you And stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back with messages from our sponsors with questions and answers. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone even when you're surrounded by others? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info 
at marinarosequdna.com. Now, back to Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit. Welcome back, everyone, to Quantum Connection Radio Show, where we do explore health, science, and spirit to accelerate your path to extraordinary living. You have now re-entered my world, the quantum field of quantum connection, the intracellular holographic matrix, where we do make the impossible possible, utilizing qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, which combines the cutting-edge science in epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, and quantum field theory to assist you to achieve quantum growth in your health, your life, and your business. We are in the midst of one of the most exciting times of our lives as ancient knowledge and frontier emerging science are marrying and they're in a marriage and they're gaining ground. I call this the positive quantum conscious evolution revolution of limitless brilliance and genius. Yes, you can have limitlessness, brilliance and genius in all areas of your life. All you have to do is choose to want to have it all and qDNA will accelerate it for you. Well, the results are in according to what the NCCAM, the National Center of Complementary and Alternative Medicine, are reporting. In America, Americans are spending 40% of their disposable income on alternative complementary therapies, meaning not reductionist science and not reductionist medicine of the old Newtonian physics model where everything was separate and is separate and disconnected. That means that the people are speaking with their money of what they want. So it seems to me that the people are wanting the new quantum science and the new quantum medicine of the Einsteinian physics, which places consciousness at the heart of the universe and is open to all the multi-dimensions. And as Dr. Mangier said, in the beginning, there was no separation between science, medicine, philosophy, and mysticism. Then a division happened. Science emerged as a separate discipline. It concerned itself with the physical and tangible. It started to ignore matters of the heart and the mind. Science is now used to justify everything in our world, especially when we want to sell something. We now see science as a way of finding the truth about our universe instead of relying on the opinions of us mere, apparently fallible human beings, which is sad. However, not all is lost. The revolution is going on and people on the earth in this universe are at the helm of it. When you base everything in your life with science and facts, you tend to lose your own extraordinary intuition. Also what I call your quantum brilliance and your quantum genius. You heard Dr. Mangier earlier that science fudges their science to get the results that scientists want to get. Albert Einstein said it fabulously. You can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Imagination is more important than knowledge. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a, is a faithful servant. So let me just repeat that for you. 
The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. Hmm, think about that. QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, is based on the principles that the human mind and body are not separate from our physical environment, but rather a part of a vast interconnected field of energy that exists on a quantum level, what we call the intracellular holographic matrix, or what science refers to as the field. Here, consciousness is central in shaping all aspects of our world. With qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, we can directly access this interconnected quantum field of energy where everything is borderless, unlimited, and all matter can be transformed to achieve its optimum state. From the smallest cellular structure and communication to the workings of the mind, Albert Einstein said it best, the field is everything. This is the way to change your DNA and instantly change your life. This is the way to change your beliefs and instantly change your life. This is the way to unlock your emotional creative intelligence. And this is the way to think outside of the box and have innovation. This is the way to take control, recreate your genetic destiny. And while you're at it, change your negative financial destiny at the same time. QDNA is about retraining reprogramming your brain for success in all areas of your life. It is the way to fast track your life to success now in all areas of your life. It's an ancient Vedic science meets modern quantum science to balance, heal, and transform. We are connected to everything, everyone, and everywhere. You are part of the universe. There is no separation between you and the universe and your environment. This is an old Buddhist concept. It's quantum physics. QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, is about creating a lifestyle in all areas of your life that is under the one umbrella of quantum living in the quantum realm where we utilize the intracellular holographic matrix, where we decode, reconstruct, reorganize, recode the mind and body for limitless manifestations and healings. One way we do that is with DNA reprogramming, which is one of the four pillars of qDNA. With qDNA, DNA reprogramming, it changes your belief, which then changes your gene expression and does modify your behavior. With qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, we are ushering in the new renaissance and regeneration in the growing practice of mind-body medicine and holistic medicine. It is a paradigm shift in the health and medicine, no different than the one that shook the world of physics so many years ago. Einstein didn't just rock the boat, he rocked the universe. About 200 years ago, after Newton, Albert Einstein produced his famous equation E equals MC squared, demonstrating that energy and matter are so fundamentally related that they are one and the same. Essentially, his work showed that matter and energy completely are interchangeable. Einstein gave birth to quantum physics. Lynn McTaggart said, a thought is not only a thing, a thought is a thing that influences other things. At the quantum level, reality resembles unset jello. It's ripe and ready for any programming you want to give it. Living consciousness turns the possibility of something into something real. 
The only thing dissolving this little cloud of potential into something solid and measurable is the involvement of the observer. So my million dollar question to you is, how do you observe your life? Most importantly, how does the person that programmed your DNA observe their life while observing your life? Are their life and their beliefs limited and therefore limiting and interfering with your life of what you want to create? Think about it for a minute. What is your DNA programmed for? Failure, success, health, poverty, wealth, joy, anxiety, stress, OCD, addiction, confusion, disease, grief, deception, thoughts, deceptive thoughts, brilliance. What's it programmed for? Now think about this. Who programmed your DNA? Who's in charge of your DNA? Are you? Really? Hmm. Don't forget. You're connected to everyone, everything, and the whole interconnected universe. QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, makes the impossible possible for you while decoding, reorganizing, recoding, reconstructing, and reloading the new positive programming into your cells and DNA while observing and birthing your new reality. Remember... You change your DNA, instantly change your life. Just a quick note, I want to say thank you so much. And I have so much deep gratitude and appreciation to the huge, massive massive tidal wave of heart-centered doctors, scientists, researching researchers and journalists that are making such a difference in people's lives. Please keep going. Thank you. People are listening. They are taking the correct action that is right for their lives. And as Greg Braden says, when we form a heart-centered beliefs within our bodies, in the language of physics, we're creating the electrical and magnetic expression of them as waves of energy, which aren't confined to just our hearts or limited by the physical barrier of our skin and bones. So clearly we're speaking to the world around us as each moment of every day through a language that has no words, the belief waves of our hearts. I see this to be true when I work on my clients every day. How pure love from the heart affects how a person's cells and DNA open up and are receptive to the new positive DNA reprogramming. I know some of you probably think science is perhaps the last place you think you could get this from. However, Einsteinian quantum physics is paving the way. I want to thank you all so much for listening to Quantum Connection Radio Show. I love connecting with you all. Please check out my website, marinaroseqdna.com. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at info at marinaroseqdna.com. I want to give a big absolute shout of love, gratitude, and appreciation and a big thank you to my team who love to stay anonymous. So I'm calling them EMC Squared. You know who you are. Thank you, UFM, for our music tracks, Randall, Mackie, Dougie, Nina, and Nat. You all know who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Love, Marina Rose, QDNA. Thank you.
Thank you for enjoying Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. Please join us again for another edition of the program next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your DNA, instantly change your life.